Welcome to the Christian Ministries Church Podcast. We're glad you've joined us to listen to a message from our pastor, Ashley Ellison. We believe God's Word is powerful and that it can be applied to our lives so that we may live victoriously. Let's join Pastor Ashley now as he shares the Word with us. We've been talking about the names of God on Wednesday night. I don't know if you guys have enjoyed that, but it's been a great series, I believe, just understanding more of who He is. As I get started this morning, I want to ask you a question, and, and you can say it and to where your neighbors can hear it. I'm not going to acknowledge everyone, but I want you to get this in your head. When you think of God, what adjective comes to mind? I'm looking around. What adjective comes to mind? All right, someone yell one out. Faithful. Powerful. Gracious. Awesome. Holy. Good. Lovely. I'm sorry, I can't. You have to yell loud for me. But good. Patience. Forgiving. Adjectives of God. Did we cover everybody's? Now, I mean, you might have more than one there, but these are names that you ascribe to. I mean, a lot of times people say uh, all-loving. They would say all-powerful. I believe we said strength. Uh, truthful. He, God of peace. Adjectives that, that describe him or words that describe God. Wisdom. All-wise. If you have your Bibles, John chapter 15, and by the way, all those are true, so I'm not here to exonate any of them. They're all great. His qualities are amazing. And before we read John 15, I want to give you um, a word that you're going to hear several times in here. And uh, in, in the New Living Translation, this word is transla translated as remain. In the New King James, which is what I'm going to be reading out of today, it's abide. And abide means to live in and remain. That's why I'm using abide because it has a twofold here. It means to live in and remain. So when you hear abide, you're going to hear that in Scripture. John chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me, if you live in and remain in me, and my words live in and remain in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. One word oftentimes that we don't put as an adjective or a description of God is the word joy. We don't oftentimes when we think of God think of joy. But Jesus tells us some really great things here about joy. 
And, and I want to talk about them today because I just think a lot of times when we're trying to think of God, we don't think of joy. So I, I've got three points today that I want to talk about that Jesus was using here to describe God as a God of joy. In fact, my title today, as, as they put it on the screen before we get, is the fullness of joy. See, God is the fullness of joy in your life. And so my first point today that Jesus has illustrated here in John chapter 15 is joy is of him. Joy is of him. He did not say, these things I have spoken that you may have joy. I don't know if you ever thought about that, but I spoke all these things so that you may have joy. That's not what he says. He says he spoke these so my joy will remain, will abide, will last. Again and again, it'll be in you. My joy, it's not so that you may have, it's so that his joy is in you. Now, he's saying if you believe me, What's in me will get in you. That's what Jesus said. Hey, I just want you to know, if you'll believe in me, and we've all accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and so if you've done that, what's, Jesus is saying, what's in me will get in you. And what's in me is my joy. A lot of people just don't think of God as joyful. And it's not, I, I don't know why, except for I, I've got reasons in my own mind. A lot of times, maybe you ascribe the tributes or attributes, if you will, of God based on how your father was. And so, if you didn't have a father that was abiding or that operated in a lot of joy, you don't see God as joyful. That could be one reason. Maybe it's because that picture on the wall in the little church you grew up in. That picture of Jesus on the wall that you'd look at and go, oh, he's looking at me right now. And I, I mean, we just don't get this attitude as we're talking about God as him being joy. Maybe it's your view of other Christians. I've never met a Christian that operated in joy. I mean, I just always seem to be dogging everybody, just mad at everybody. They just can't be happy in anything. All they want to do is put everybody else down. Come on, that's how you ascribe attributes to God based on how other Christians act or saying that they're Christian. And maybe it's because of denominational views. You know, you grew up in a certain denomination and they didn't ever talk about the joy of the Lord. John 17, 13, Jesus says a couple things. He says, now I come to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. My joy. Once again, it's his joy that gets in you. It's not just joy that's given to you. It's joy that is in him. And because you have him, you have joy. Matthew 25, 23. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of our Lord. Now, if we are faithful in what he has given us, his promise is that we can enter his joy. And oftentimes we look at this verse and we just say heaven, and boy, I'll get some joy when I finally get to heaven, but Jesus said it's for you now. See, you accepted Christ and what God did on your behalf by sending his son and joy is a quality of God. Now, heaven's going to be joyful, there's not a doubt. 
I, I believe you're going to experience a whole lot of joy in heaven. I, I believe it's going to be so joyful that we're going to need new bodies because our bodies can't contain the joy that we're going to experience in heaven. Joy is a quality of God. It's his. Number two, my joy might remain in you. It may remain in you. Abide. Remain. It may remain in you. Verse 11 of John 15, so my joy will remain. We as human beings see joy and we relate it to things. I mean, I, I, I relate and I have a lot of times some of the most joyful experiences in my life and really I'm talking about happy experiences. But we're going to talk about joy experiences and we're going to go, man, wasn't it joyful when we were on vacation? And we'll remember this vacation that was just uh, and, and the greatest thing about Facebook is when they come up and they have memories pop back up, and it just puts a smile on your face. I mean, you see that, and you're like, oh, that was so fun, and that was such a, a joyful time. And, and, and then you get back to your life right after that vacation, and trials, frustrations will make us think there's no joy. When Jesus was talking to his disciples here, they were experiencing his joy. Now, I want to ask you, why? Why? Why were the disciples experiencing his joy? Because they were with him. The joy they were experiencing was because they were with Jesus. You know, in his presence, hanging out with him. Psalm 1611, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence is full. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now, I pray that you've experienced this. I mean, I look back, and it's not just vacation. God wants all this to happen for all of his kids. And when you're around him, you experience his joy. In fact, I've got so many stories of times where God just, it was just a supernatural time with him. And I'm talking about you couldn't wipe the smile off of my face, not because of the circumstances, but because of just being in his presence. Whatever the circumstances, whatever's going on in my life, it was just that time I had been with him. We never get joy just because he gives you something. It's getting close to him and the product of being close to him, if you will, kind of a byproduct is his joy. His joy gets in you when you start hanging out with him. Now, we talked about Abraham a couple weeks ago on Wednesday night. God was providing everything needed, but he had one requirement, and that was to stay close to God. One requirement was to stay close to God. Now, everybody's kind of getting, okay, well, I understand where you're going. We are nourished by him. He wants us to abide in him. He wants us to stay close to him. Abide, abide, to live in and remain, to live in and remain. When you are close, you're going where he is going. You're doing what he is doing. You're eating what he is eating, what he is feeding, you're eating. Everything about being close to him means you experience what he is doing in life. Because when you abide, you're like him. One of the greatest authors that I, I, I enjoy reading quotes from, and, and his book's just phenomenal, C.S. Lewis. Everybody that has had any reading enjoyment in life has probably read something from him. When he discovered Jesus, many of you may not even know this, and you might, the, the first book 
that he wrote about giving his testimony was called Surprised by Joy. Surprised by Joy. Hmm. Have you ever been surprised by joy? Do you, I just, I still, and I'll tell this the rest of my life. When I, I was at a revival and Brother Murdoch was the pastor, I just always remember him leading uh, um, in, in explaining about salvation. And I, I wanted to walk the aisle because in a Baptist church to get saved, I thought you had to walk an aisle. So I, but I didn't that night. And I got home and I talked to mom and I said, okay, so here's the story that I, I need to know about. And, and, and she just said, well, if you want to accept Jesus. So we together just went and she, my mama led me to the Lord and an understanding of giving my heart and life to him. And I remember like it was yesterday, the joy that just flooded my, my being, my soul, my spirit. I mean, it was just like I couldn't get happy enough. And I had to call the one person who I knew understood joy, and that was my grandpa. I had to call grandpa and I had to say, Grandpa, I got, I got saved. Oh, I just, I, I can hear his voice right now on the, oh, I mean, just that, oh. And I mean, it was joy unspeakable. And I remember times in my life where just, I, I was surprised by, I mean, right now I'm kind of getting surprised by joy. The joy just by being in his presence in your walk with God. Have you been surprised by joy? Come on, anybody. Have you been surprised by joy? I just have several of those experiences. That was the first one. I won't bore you with the rest of them. There's a whole lot of them. Supernatural thing that just manifests itself in the natural. And it usually comes right after time spent with him in praise, in prayer, and just being with him. When the joy of the Lord shows up, it's God that just showed up. And that should tell you that he's there with you. His presence is there. And he's just saying, hey, I'm, I'm here. I, I just want you to know I'm, I'm here. And he may not yell it at that decibel. But you don't seem like it's any different than if he had I'm here. It's going to be okay. It's compl- it just, it, there's a completion. It's like nothing else matters. He's just saying, hey, I got this for you. Whatever you're going through, it's going to be okay. It's complete. I'm complete because I've got the joy, his joy in me. Number three, joy becomes the dominant theme in your life. Come on, that's that's what we're trying to be trained to understand. It's how Christians should naturally think. But when joy is not the dominant theme in your life, then the surgery, then the sorrow, then the bank account, then what the kids just did that you found out about, all of a sudden, there's not completion. Joy is not always the dominant thing that we're thinking about. And here's why, because God's not always the dominant thing. 
when he changes the way you think, it don't matter what the world throws at you. Joy is who you are because he is who you are. These things, Jesus said, I've spoken to you that may, my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. God tells us that your joy may be full. Something makes me happy about the word full. I mean, especially over this weekend. Everybody probably experienced full. And, and you'll get that today probably just as good as any Sunday I could ever preach this. There's just not much better than a full belly. Now, I know the mental game that starts coming Diet Monday, but boy, there's something about full. I mean, yesterday we had our family, one of our family Thanksgivings, and we had two of them this week. For those of you that have parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents, man, you got all these ones to go to. And so you get to go to all these, these dinners, and you get to have the best that everybody's going to bring. And you're like, we get the big plates out. <laughs> and we just, you got to have a little bit of everything to taste, test everybody's best. And by the time you're done with that plate, you really are full. But you don't really know full until you go, okay, but i got to have some more of this. <laughs> and some more of this. Maybe a little bit of this. Yesterday, I mean, we had so many pies and desserts sitting on. We had to have its own table just for pies and desserts. Well, everybody else gets in line, and I'm like, okay, I know what happens every year. I'm starting at the dessert table. I miss out. I want the dessert first. I want to try this out. So I got dessert, then I got my main plate, then I got back a little more, and then I went to dessert again. It was a full day. It was a full day for me. I don't, I don't know if you understand the word full, but they just full makes you happy. A full can of Jif peanut butter. Come on. A full tank of gas in your car. I don't know if that does it for anybody else, but I like looking down and that tank's full. I, I don't know anybody that looks down when it's right there on empty and goes, man, I'm so glad it's close to empty. There's just something about full. Family all around you, full of joy. Tell me, like, you don't know my family. Well, the ones you like. <laughs> Have you ever been so full? And this was hard for me growing up because I didn't understand this a lot. But having girls, you learn this. <laughs> As a dad, you learn this. Being around girls. They can get so full, they just start crying. And I'm not talking about on food. It don't matter what it is. What's going on? I'm just, I'm just so happy. <laughs> Why are you crying? Because I'm full of happiness. <laughs> You women know what I'm talking about. See, everyone can relate when God says your joy may be full. When you understand full and the excitement, when you're full of joy, I'm talking about it's a great life and it's way better than a full jar of Jif peanut butter. Joy is supernatural. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Joy is, is, is not the dessert, it's the meal. When you're living in the kingdom of God, it should be predominantly about who? And therefore, that's how you live. 
Not what, who? In the life of God's children, it's about being with him. When Israel was struggling, what should have been, what could have been, what may not be, Nehemiah nailed it. He said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. We got weak Christians because they never ascribe joy to the Lord. Therefore, it never gets in them. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy being the dominant theme of your life. This third point, you got to get that. It's got to be the dominant theme. It's what makes you complete. It doesn't mean that you'll never experience sorrow. Come on, we got families just this week that I understand sorrow. It's not that you'll never have to deal with stress. You're going to have to deal with stress. It just means that when joy resides in you, you've got the strength to deal with all of that. See, the joy of the Lord is your strength, and we're needing some Christians to get some strength. I'm talking about joy today. It has so much to do with it being the strength and source of your life or to dominate your life and to be what you focus on as a Christian that I think the enemy doesn't want you to. And so, therefore, I'm punching him in the face today. And that's joyful. I want to ask you to respond to a statement. This sentence, you, you, can, you can ask yourself this. And, and in fact, I, I've got a slide. I'm going to put this slide up because this is just the sentence right here. It says, I know blank, but blank. So I want to ask you how you respond to that. And I'm going to give you some examples. Well, I, I know God is real, but I got issues and I just don't know what to do. I know he loves me. I know God, but... But life's just really hard right now. I know that I know that blank, and you just put whatever you know about God there, and then you put but. Can everybody see that you've probably done that, and you've got people that you know that do that all the time. Oh, I, I know I know what you're going to say. I probably need to go to church. I know that I need to be around God. I know I need to pray. I know that, that God's going to see me through. I know, but it just, life is, here's what I want you to do. I want you to learn when that comes about, swap those two blanks right there. Swap those two blanks. Boy, I know it's tough, but God is my redeemer. I know that life is just dealing me. It's just really hard right now. But God, see, when you just switch those two things around, it'll make all the difference in your life. We don't have joy because we're saying the sentence wrong. So I ask you today, how do you pose that sentence? Do you put God, I know God, but, or do you put, I know circumstances, but God? That helps somebody today. Because I'm telling you, we get this thing messed up. I, I know i got issues, but God's bigger than every one of them. He's bigger than He's going to take care of me. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. I'm blessed in. I'm blessed out. I'm an overcomer. I'm a conqueror. I'm all that God says I am. And no matter the circumstances, what I want to tell you, but God is there for me. There becomes an, an understanding that life can't throw anything at you. Why? Because the fullness of joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's in me. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's a party going on right now in my head. Yeah. Just reverse the order. How are you responding to that statement? Second Corinthians, my last scripture today. Chapter 8, verse 1. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done 
through the churches in Macedonia. They're being tested by many troubles, and they're very poor. But they are filled with abundant joy, which is overflowed in rich generosity. I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. They should be upset. Uh, Paul's talking, they, they should be upset, loathing in their afflictions. I mean, it's a tough life. Their afflictions, their troubles, they were many, no money. They're poor, poor in money, poor in attitude, poor in all this stuff, except for weight. They weren't poor in attitude. Why? Because there was an abundance of joy, and that joy was so magnificent that God allowed that joy to overflow and still be able to make them givers to make them be able to do and operate in some. See, they were able to do something that didn't make any sense because they didn't allow circumstances to be bigger than God. Joy can become the dominant theme of your life. Now, here's an intriguing question. If we feel joy when we get around God, come on, surprised by joy, we feel We feel joy. We feel it. It's in our feelers when we get around God. Should people feel joy when they get around you? What's it? That's a thinker. I want you to analyze that. I'm not, I mean, when you're around certain people, are you? Feeling stress, anxiety? Are you like, oh, what are they going to say now, or how long are they going to say it? Or are you like, oh, man, in their presence, it's just joyful. What is it? So you can do that when you're looking at other people. What are they doing when they're looking at you? Are they full of joy because they've been in your presence? You can take on other stress. Come on, you can. You can take on people's stress. You can take on their drama. You can take on their offense. And you start feeding on that day in and day out. And what I'm telling you, when you start doing that, you're just walking, watching yourself walk away from the fullness of joy that I'm talking about this morning. And over December, some of y'all may need this to kick off the buying season. Because you look at your account... <laughs> Or you'll go, do we really need to be spending that? Or yeah, we need to be spending. I'm full of joy right now. God giving me stuff I didn't even know we had. I don't know what you're, you can take on everything. But what I'm telling you is, don't let circumstances be what you take on. Let the joy of the Lord be what you take on. Some of you are discouraged when you get around people. They're going to talk about how their team never wins. The government The government is just corrupt. The weather is terrible. And you talk very long, and you start getting hopeless being around them. Everybody knows that, and you probably had someone come to your mind when I said it. Here's what I want you to do. Take that off them and realize when you're around them, are you counteracting that, and are you becoming the fullness of joy for them? Well, how can I do that? Because that's Jesus. You just share Jesus. You share his joy. You know what? I know that's happening. I know all that's happening. But what I'm here to tell you, but God is bigger than all of that. And I'm not going to live fearful of what you're trying to put in me. What I'm going to do is say, God's got that covered. 
So I, I just, that, I, I want to help somebody. I, I just, we, we've got to look at life different. T.D. Jakes, and I mean, you may not like everything he said, but I like something he said years ago. Some people, when you get around them, there's a party going on in their soul. And you just can't help but enjoy the party. I love that statement. You just get around certain people and there's a party going on in their soul and you just, you can't help but enjoy the party. Just something about being around. I believe when Jesus walked this earth, that was what the disciples were so drawn to him because there was a party going on in his presence, in his spirit, a celebration, if you will, that others wanted in on. Jesus always talks about the kingdom of God and he relates it to being a party or a feast. And you go, well, I don't, I don't know where. Well, there's, there's a lot of places. He talks about as far as heaven goes. Heaven's going to be a great place that you can't even think of, ask about. You can't, you can't imagine what heaven's going to be like. So why should I even try? Because the best you can do right here, he's got that one topped. Celebrating going on. I like when we read stories about celebration. The prodigal son comes home. Come on, kill the animal, let's barbecue, and let's have a party. Kingdom of God is said in Scripture as like a Jewish wedding. If you don't like parties, you don't want to go to a Jewish wedding. It's a major party. Zacchaeus, the little guy, you know, the tax collector, everybody in town hated his guts. Jesus comes down. He's walking down Main Street. The people line the sidewalk, and little Zacchaeus can't see. He's kind of a short guy. Can't see over the crowd. So do you remember the song from your childhood? Maybe some of you don't, but some of you might. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Okay, you got it, right? I loved that song and because I always just thought of short people trying to get Jesus to see him. And it was funny watching a short person try to climb a tree. But here's the thing. When the Savior passed that way, and when the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you're a dirty, filthy sinner and you're going to burn in hell forever. That's not what he said. That's not at all what he said. Don't say that. That was mean. That just ruined the whole song for me. Zacchaeus, you come down. <laughs> Why? Because we're going to have a party. I'm going to your house. It's going to be good. Come on. I don't know about this, but when you get an audience to start saying, it's party time, most people think of the way the world would think about it. But I'm just telling you, when there's fullness of joy, it's party time. We're, just, we're going to have to look like there's a party going on. At some point, there's a party. People may think I'm crazy and this teaching just isn't right, but I want you to think about it. When you get around certain people, what do you feel? Do you feel their drama or do you feel their party? Christian people, I've talked about complaining, 
murmuring all last Sunday. This is actually part B of that sermon. Fullness of joy. It's not about murmuring and complaining. It's about fullness of joy, righteousness and peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Come on, there's got to be some Christians walking around with some joy. I, I just, joy, it's joyful. Life is joyful. He wants us to have joy, not just barely enough to get us through, but I'm talking about some real joy, some party time. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.